Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Today, we are going to be continuing on the sort of saga, I suppose, of the onboard recordings uh, from this past trip. And this is post-knockdown gale. And essentially, it's about a day or two after the seas had subsided. The plans were still to try to make it to Bermuda. Uh, Eventually that would fall through as well. But yeah, you can definitely, it's it's sort of a retelling from uh, the closest uh, point uh, from in time from the actual event occurring. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. I I, you can definitely tell I'm pretty excited to just uh, be out of the danger and all that sort of stuff. And it's nice. I'm glad I did that because it's it's good to be able to have a, a pretty good official record, I suppose. So, you know, the memory has a way of warping uh, some of these sort of events. And <clears throat> luckily, I I definitely have a good record here. And because uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to confuse things, but uh, as I always say, if you want to support the show, like so many of you do, and I thank you all so, so much, you can follow the link to the Patreon page and become part of the Patreon family, which helps uh, keep this an ad-free sort of podcast and uh, and sort of keeps, keeps things going. Uh, also, if you want to reach out to the show, you can head over to sailingintooblivion.com and just... Uh, Click on the podcast link and contact the show and email me directly. Other than that, we did put out the new line of shirts, the Sailing Into Oblivion One Wave, which has a pretty cool image on the back of a pretty gnarly breaking wave. It was during one of the uh, weather systems I went through. But uh, yeah, you can pick that one up and the link will be in the description. Um, Other than that, without further ado, back to Jerome out on the ocean. Hey everybody, welcome to some offshore gold, the storm, uh, the storm podcast. It is the 22nd of, uh, November. I've been out since the 14th, so that gives me 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, day, day nine out at sea. And it's a beauty out there now, which is very, very welcome after the, the last couple of days. Actually, since the whole thing started, uh, you know, we left in good conditions and then the following day we were becalmed. Uh, and then we had a near gale from the east, which turned into a near gale from the southwest. <laughs> And then, uh, not long after that, another near gale. And then the fourth one was, as Robin Knox Johnson would say, Sir Robin Knox Johnson would say, a real bastard. <laughs> um, so I was basically in position trying to get past the Gulf Stream and... The forecast looked good for it. It looked like I'd be able to cross ahead of the approaching 
low pressure system and all that. And uh, it's almost like a cliche sort of uh, storm story beginning, I suppose, because uh, it's happened to plenty of people or I think it has. I mean, I've read enough stories about it, but, you know, it was forecast to blow 30 and uh, but it was blowing from the uh, west northwest and then the. No, south southwest and then to the northwest. Either way, it was coming from the west. So at least I had that going for me, right? Now, uh, the Gulf Stream is obviously a super treacherous place because you get the wind against the Gulf Stream and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. And I've been very fortunate to cross the stream, I don't know how many times, uh, but it's typically been in very, very fair weather. Only once or twice has it been rough and I was able to survive and it was all good. Um, you know, no, no huge crazy deal. This time was a little different. Uh, I essentially, I had Sparrow and I had sailed down and the winds got really fickle after the third near gale. It, it sort of got a little up and down and, you know, I was like, man, you know, we, we've got to make it across the stream. I want to get away from that thing before this next thing comes in and uh, the next low pressure system. And so uh, essentially I just gunned for it and uh, it just was hard. I mean, the winds were up and down. I had to motor a little bit. It was like Murphy's law, anything that could have gone wrong to slow progress did. And essentially I found myself just outside of the Gulf stream. As far as my little weather, weather downloads were telling me. And I was just outside of it. There were a couple of eddies around on the South side of the current but nothing too crazy, and I sort of thought, okay, well, I'll get past it, and then I'm going to hove to, and I'll just wait it out, and and then I'll keep going going south. But it was going to be, uh, the first forecast that I was looking at, it was going to be like 12 hours or something like that. And I was like, you know, no problem, 12 hours, I can do that. And then, as I got closer and closer, and I, I kept updating the weather, because this is, you know, a crucial point to really know what the heck is going on. Um, it sort of strengthened up a little bit, and then it also extended how long it was going to be. And I sort of thought to myself, well, and this is probably the first mistake, I guess, but I was like, well, I'll tell you what. What I could probably do is run with this thing kind of on the edge of the stream or just south of it where the current's really light and it's all headed to the east with the wind and uh, and then peel off once I get past some of these eddies uh, and peel off in a direction where, you know, there's not much current going on and just finish out the gale there and then go. And <laughs> there in lies the rub. Uh I start just racing downwind, and it's awesome. Friggin' beautiful. I love, Sparrow loves, triple reef mainsail, dead downwind, just surfing waves. Um, I am I have no idea because I don't have any instruments that, that give me the max speed that I was doing. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like possibly, quite possibly, we may have uh, broken my previous record of 20.9 knots. 
Uh, but in, in any event, before I get too proud of myself, <laughs> so we're racing and all day just blasting along and I'm watching the weather and I'm looking at it and I'm dissecting it more than I ever could before because of the new system that I'm using and the Iridium Go and all that, uh, which has been phenomenal by the way. And we're just, we're just ripping and there's squalls coming in. I got great footage of it and stuff, but it, you know, it was, it was full on, but it wasn't out of hand by any means was nothing that Sparrow and I haven't seen many times before, and we were just juicing it. We were moving so fast and just loving it. Um, nothing crazy. The waves were all out of the same direction, and yeah, we just kept we just kept ripping. And I thought, okay, sweet. So we're gonna do this all day. We're gonna do this into the night, and then some point, you know, around midnight or two in the morning, I'm gonna jive the boat over and. And we're going to start peeling our way to the southeast once we're in a good position. And so that was the game plan. And then there did come a quick little spot where all of a sudden I was like, hey, you know what? I think I can peel out of this thing right now. Um, it looked like there was a good little exit point on on the side of a little eddy. And the winds were forecast to basically start coming more out of the northwest. And this would have been in line with this little eddy and I was like oh man and I went and I jibed and uh was headed that direction but after a little bit I sort of thought to myself because I I was more headed on a broad reach instead of a dead downwind run and the waves were getting a little bigger and so I sort of thought to myself geez you know if I get sort of pinched I'm not going to be able to reach safely across this this weather and if I get pushed further and further away uh, and end up on the other side of this eddy where it's current against the wind, that's going to get really bad. So you know what? Jive back. So I jive back and I continue with my first plan to just head to the spot that I had already picked and safely be able to cut in between these eddies and all that stuff. So, so I jive again <laughs> and uh, you know, it's no big deal. Jiving in those, that sort of condition is, uh, it's not bad. You know, you're talking the waves at that point, I think, were probably 10 to 15 feet. And it's really nice and windy. And again, the triple reef main on Sparrow is super, super small. Um, but for whatever reason, it just blasts us right along. So it's one of those things where you just have to, you really want to spot it right on a wave. And I kind of, if I do it really perfectly, um, you know, I flick Mongo over and then all of a sudden I'm just about surfing a wave and I rip that mainsail over and then boom and no pressure, no craziness, no loud bangs or anything like that. Oh, excuse me. In any event. So we get back on track and we're racing through the night and it's no big deal. Um, you know, it gets dark and it's dark, dark, uh, because it's, it's, uh, overcast and squalls and rainy and all that sort of stuff so uh you can't really barely see anything uh except for the nav light which is new it's an led so it's way brighter than the old one uh and it kind of actually illuminates the waves a little bit around me so cruising 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 and uh eventually you know i'm kind of like geez well i can get some sleep around here it's uh 
it's amazing what you get used to as far as being able to sleep during some of these in some of these heavy weather sort of conditions, but you get tired enough and you definitely can. And uh essentially I I go down below, I get a little bit of sleep and then I come back up. Um only slept for like an hour and I'd spent a large amount of time on deck during the day. So I was in the cockpit. Normally I'd just be down below my bunk, but I haven't been out in heavy weather in a while and it was pretty and uh you know, as ugly as most people might think, you know, a gray stormy day on the sea is. I don't know. I, I kinda think it's it's actually uh pretty remarkable. And so I'm up there and, and just listening to the waves and watching everything and we're just surfing, absolutely surfing. And uh basically get to uh a point where I you know, I go up on deck and it's nighttime now and I'm sort of looking around and I'm like, geez, you know what? I cannot uh sort of anticipate any of these waves uh that are coming uh around me and they're all still coming from the same direction so we're just racing straight down them all uh but i for pretty much the first time that i've ever been on this boat uh decided you know i can't see anything it's super dark it's super windy the waves are kind of getting big uh i'm gonna go get my harness and my tether and i'm gonna clip in and so i do that and uh Cause I just, you know, I thought, you know, take a, take a big one over the side or over the back, you know, I don't want to get washed out of this, out of this cockpit, uh, like a moron. And, uh, so I clip in and I'm, I'm sort of hanging there for a little bit and, you know, it's nice, but you can't see anything and it's, it's exhilarating, but it's sort of, we're, we're really exposed. Cause I, it was, it was windy and, and wavy enough that I'd lashed the Dodger down so on a West Sail 32, you're pretty exposed when you don't have that Dodger. Even though it's like a, a false sense of security, it really feels like a, it feels like being in a tent in the woods as opposed to just cowboy camping under the stars. So uh, I wasn't having all that much fun being up there. Plus it was rainy and stuff. So down below I went and this was just uh, maybe around like 11 o'clock. And so set the scene. We are ripping along and I'm down below. We're on a port tack. So the wind's coming over the port side. So I'm in the auxiliary bunk, uh, not my main bunk because the main bunk is the high side. Auxiliary bunk is just basically the settee or the couch, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just there in full gear, even with the harness and the tether. I got everything, uh, you know, headlamp still on for crying out loud. Uh, and I'm just lying there. I've got a pillow and I'm just trying to sleep. And, uh, you know, we, we had taken a couple, one or two sort of waves on the side, but nothing more than a little bit of noise. Uh, it was mostly the, the rushing, um exhilaration of of surfing these waves and stuff and and again that's nothing new to new to sparrow and i we've done it for a long time and uh i'm just there and i'm i'm asleep but sort of awake and without warning just you know that not the impact but the sound of a very very large intense breaking wave touching sparrow like not a bang, but a like a grunt, and I wake up instantly, 
And then the next thing I know, the whole boat, I, all I do is I feel the boat going up. And the next thing I know, I just feel everything piling on top of me, like everything. Uh, all these books, uh, food, the refrigerator hatch came open, hit the ceiling. Um, I only know that cause I'm looking at the big dent in the ceiling from it. Um, all the food came out of there. Um, eggs, six dozen eggs. Imagine <laughs> the only flight those chickens will ever see. And all of this other stuff just, I mean, pot, it just felt like all I, like somebody just dumped an entire boat worth of stuff on top of me in my bunk. And I'm just like, Whoa. And the boat doesn't really return up really fast um there isn't like this whole like everything gets dumped off of me thing and i sort of have to push all this stuff i'm like Ugh! and like claw my way out of this this hole that i'm buried in and i get up and i i walk along the side of the boat to get to the uh companionway and which is fully all closed everything is is like latched down and stuff and then the boat sort of comes back up as I'm doing that. And I, I just come out, flip the headland. I'm like, Jesus, damage report. What did we? And I look directly at the mast. The mast is still there. I'm just like, oh, thank God. I look back and Mongo's still there. And I didn't notice quite two seconds, like maybe half a second went by. And I realized the arch that held the solar panels and the aerials for the AIS and the gallows that hold the boom, all that stuff, gone. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I kind of look over and I'm like, there's like chunks of the cap rail missing and stanchions and the splash guard, um, all on the starboard side. So not the side that the wave hit, but all on side. And I'm like, Dodger, oh, Dodger's down too. Oh man, it's all like shredded. And... Uh, I'm just like snap into action. I've got my knife on me already, uh, but I'm looking and I see the solar panels all, all dragging right in the water, right, right next to the stern. They're being held on by the lifelines and the wires and all this sort of stuff. And so it's sort of like triage is that moment where I'm sort of thinking the thought of, I've got to get this stuff back on board. I don't want to lose it. Was kicking into my head uh when the initial thing was like cut it free cut it free and um because it was it was basically skidding along in the water uh right next to mongo's rudder and i was like okay i'll give it a, give it a shot see if i can pull it in oh my god not a freaking chance we were going so fast um you know we're still in those conditions like it was we basically uh, well, no, I'll get into my analysis, uh, after, after I tell the story. So I'm just like, holy cow. So I'm trying to heave it and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm thinking, well, can I put it on a winch or whatever? But the whole time, I mean, it's literally right next to Sparrow's rudder. And we're, we're talking a big old piece of wood, a bunch of metal piping, two big solar panels. Um, you know, and all I could think of was like, save Mongo, save Mongo. And after trying a couple of times to pull, pull it in and get it alongside the boat and, and to try and pull it up, I was like, Nope, 
cut it free, cut it free. So out comes the knife and I'm like, cut, 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 cut. And I cut all these lines. And, uh, and then the last thing are these two stupid little pelican hooks for, uh, the metal wires, the last of the metal wires that are the gates, uh, into the cockpit. And, <laughs> oh man, sorry. The mic is getting thrown around. Um, and I'm able to just get those suckers open and then boom, it is gone. And then there's, I think there was one more little piece or something like, yeah, there was, there was a tiny little piece of the cap rail that had sort of a secondary little line that was attached to Mongo, but this was like a tiny little piece of wood and was dragging behind, but we were free of that. And, uh, and then next I'm sort of just like scrambling around and I go kind of do a big check around. Okay. Mast is good. Sales good. Uh, Holy smokes. Oh my gosh. And, and I'm, I'm trying to sort of, I'm in a little bit panic mode and I poke, poke my head down below and it's literally just a pile, an absolute pile. The floor is just littered with broken food, spaghetti sauce, eggs, um, and just all the books and all the bedding and, uh, the 50 gallon water bladder had broken free. Um, and that, that was sort of like, I was like, oh my God, I don't even incredible. Holy cow. And I'm sort of like trying to, at that point, I I don't know. I was trying to figure out again, it's like triage of like, well, what do I worry about down below? And what do I worry about up above? And it was sort of like, I came down and threw a couple of things around cause I wanted to check the bilge and then just see if any water was coming in. And then I also wanted to sort of somehow secure that 50 gallon water bladder. Uh, but again, sort of it clicks into your head where you're just like, no, 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 let's go sail the boat. Let's make sure everything's going okay there. And so I go back up top and I'm thinking to myself, geez, like, okay, that was some random big wave that came pretty much from the North. Um, cause I was headed East. So, I've got to be able to peel a little further downwind um, to to be able to get away from that. And eventually I would at some point jive. My memory literally, I'd have to look at the videos that I took because this whole time I was like, my, my, the voice of my dad sort of came into my head because he's always like, did you take any footage of that? Um, and luckily I had that little GoPro in my pocket and just kept doing these quick little like one minute like oh my gosh we just got knocked down and i'm looking i'm like look at all this inside this is so crazy quick update more to come Plump. and that was it and then i move on but so started sort of trying to peel sparrow off and eventually decide to jive because it's it's just about midnight or so jive the boat because i was at the point where i wanted to actually start heading to the southeast and I was like, well, if the waves are coming from the north as well as the east, yes, boom, let's go. We're in the good position. We can go right in between these eddies and we're, we're, we're flying, you know, probably just, I got hit by the one random wave. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah, we got, we got pummeled. It, we knew it was going to happen. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. Like I've always thought about that out sailing on the seas, you know, when I'm in these sort of storms and stuff, uh, 
you see giant waves break. And when I say break, like breaking in front of the wave. So instead of normal, normal waves out at sea, basically, they'll break and then fall behind themselves. Uh, but when things get really bad and super windy and there's currents involved, when they break, they break in front like a, a wave breaking on the shore, so to speak. Um, but in any event, so I go ahead and I jibe. And now we're running more in what I consider to be a safer zone. Um, and so it's like down below and start trying to like get things sorted out. First thing I do is is get sort of the bedding and the table and all that like piled back on that side and i get the water bladder and i'm just like oh i was like i don't even want to deal with this i've got two two big water tanks that are full like you know what and i i like heave this thing it's probably got 35 40 gallons in it so it's heavy and I kind of slide it and heave it over all this. Luckily, there was there's so many eggs broken on the floor that sort of slid over easily. It it greased them up uh, over towards the hatch that uh, goes right into the bilge. Get it over that and just cut the corner of it and just boom straight into the bilge. Um, empty it all in there. Just that way, I don't have this massive heavy moving object uh, in the boat, which is always kind of terrifying. So. As soon as I do that, I also realize that there's quite a bit of water, um, you know, because when you get flipped as far over as I did, all the water comes out of the head, all the water comes out of the sink. Um, luckily, none of the portholes broke, so there wasn't like an emergency there. I know when Randall Reeves was knocked down on his first attempt of the figure eight, I believe it was a porthole that broke uh, and and that was his sort of nightmare situation on that. Um, so luckily we didn't have to deal with any of that. And so it was just like, boom. So I grabbed the little handle and go up and I pump the, the, the 50 or so gallons of water that's in the village out of the village. Uh, but I, I do it with the hand pump instead of the actual other one, because I have to save my batteries because it's not been uh, super sunny out uh, for the day. And I wasn't really able to run the engine because it was so rough. I don't really like to do that. But I figured, you know what, as soon as this thing's done, man, oh, it's going to be sunny and I'll be able to run the engine. We'll charge all the batteries up. It'll be great. So the batteries are at like 12.3. So I can't, I don't want to use that juice because I realize now that I don't have any solar, I am going to be totally relying on that engine. And if I can't get it started, I'm going to be uh, back in the stone age, so to speak, which is fine, but I would rather not. Uh, might want to, honestly, I swear one of the things I thought was, if I don't have electricity, I can't do the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's just so crazy. That's the commitment I have for this show, people. I hope you, I hope you realize. Um, so in any event, so now we're we're just racing. I'm just trying to make it through the night. Um, I'm up, and I'm as soon as the boat's sailing again. Okay, because again, it's not like it's blowing sixty out. It's blowing about 28 to 30 something gusting to more um and it, it, yeah it's not crazy hectic and we're going with the current and so it's just not it wasn't it was just a random crazy wave so uh 
But now we're in this sort of situation where there is a lot to do and there's still kind of a lot going on. But I've been living in this sort of near gale to gale force world uh, for a week now. And so I'm able to go around and I just start I'm like slinging all the food that I think is is still going to be okay, Getting that back in the fridge like there's egg yolk and stuff flying everywhere, trying to mop all this stuff up, paper towels and all this stuff, and uh, luckily I have a lot of paper towels. So I'm I'm going and I'm cleaning. I'm trying and like oh all these books are completely saturated in um, spaghetti sauce and all stuff. So I get some garbage bags out and I'm I'm like loading up the things that I know are just going to be garbage. And then I'm I'm trying to get the food in here and this and there. And I'm still I'm finding like eggs and things like that everywhere on the boat, <laughs> broken whatever like shells. They're still there's still a ton everywhere, uh, but, you know, you can't clean the boat up all in one day. So I'm just trying to get things sort of back to normal, and then I'll go back up. I'll do that for 10 minutes, then I'll go back up and just see how things are going. Everything seems to be okay. Um, all right, now let's go. Next project. Let's go back down and go and check up forward. That looks pretty disheveled, but okay, not much. I had a lot of sails stuffed in up there, so not much could really move, so to speak, uh, which was nice. And obviously the food didn't get up there. Checking the engine room. That looks okay. The batteries, everything stayed where they were. They're they're um, not lashed down, but kind of bolted into position really well. So those those stayed where they were. There's a little box with, you know, antifreeze and and oil and and distilled water and things like that that all got emptied and just bounced all over the place but for lack of a better word engine room looks good and go back and it's just it's more of like trying to restore stuff i mean there were there was like a bottle of vodka and a bottle of uh mountain rum that were just ice skating all around this sloppy slippery cabin sole and because the boat's like rolling a lot uh as we race downwind and I, it's just an incredible scene i i can't wait to look at some of the footage uh just to see see if it makes any sense at all hopefully it does but in any event um you know we go through the rest of the night and i'm just i'm up adrenaline's running and i'm i'm pretty much uh i try and get a semblance of organization and get the floor so it's no longer slippery and slick and sort of then i get the bed put back together uh and then essentially like down below eh, it looks reasonable the the lee board that i had snapped in half i think the water bladder hit that on its way to tumbling down towards me um i've found already there was an alternator a spare alternator that was locked in a compartment down below my normal bunk the bunk that is on the side where the wave hit and it had made its uh, way out of that little tiny and there's it's like the tiniest little hatch to get into this thing underneath all this stuff flung out of there and somehow ended up underneath the bunk that i was sleeping on oddly enough uh i don't know how that's possible uh but in any event uh so we're sailing and we're sailing and I'm just like, man, I hope uh, we don't get hit by another one of those. I'm kind of freaked out and all that stuff as, you know, I would think anybody would think. Mm. And uh, 
you know, for the rest of the night, we're good. We don't get any more big hits or anything like that. We've jibed. We're headed in the direction that seems to be safe. It's still blowing, and it's starting to blow a little harder. Um, you know, steady up into the 30s, like 30, probably up to about 33, 34. So gale, gale force, definitely. Uh, but normally, probably right around 30. Uh, and then gusting, um, but every once in a while it just would punch for like an hour or two, and we're good. And then finally the light comes, and I'm just, oh, thank God, I can finally see. Like this is, this all happens just before midnight, and then it finally became sort of light around five something, and because uh, I haven't switched any of the clocks or anything like that, I, I've just been, you know, dealing with it, because I'm pretty far east, I'm past, uh, I'm past 60 degrees west, uh, so, <laughs> essentially, the light comes, and I'm just like, oh, thank God, and the waves, you know, they've definitely heaped up, they're a little bit, they're a little bit bigger, but it's still, it's nothing crazy, you know, maybe they're, they're in the 15, uh, with a random 20 footer, like the swell sort of has heaped up, but the actual breakers, you know, it's no, no big deal. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, sweet. We made it, we made it through the night. We've got a full day of this. Um, it's going to calm down and peter out by the end of the day and, um, uh, be back down to like, you know, 15 knots or something. And the further South I get, the sooner that's going to happen. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep going. And I keep checking all the forecast and, and the files on the Gulf Stream and all the currents and stuff. And it looks like I'm in this like awesome slot in between. Basically, to the east of me, there is a bit of current that's like stronger current that's running to the southeast that I want to be in. Um I couldn't quite get to it because the waves wouldn't wouldn't really allow. I didn't want to take any more big hits on the port side and uh and the countercurrent that's off to the other direction, um to the southwest of us, I guess. So I'm in this corridor of essentially what appears to be zero current or very little current. And uh as the day goes on, we get to about seven, eight, maybe nine in the morning. And that's when I first start to see the giants. Um, essentially I'm seeing swell that are up well above 20 feet and I'm looking at them kind of like, Whoa, that was a cut. Like there would be two or three or four or five. And then, then it's back down to 15 footers, you know, but then there will be like another big set of them. And not long after I start seeing that and these, these waves, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're breaking, but they're again, breaking and then falling down the backside of them. Um, so I'm sort of thinking, wow, like juice, some of these are pretty big. This is, uh, holy smokes. Um, you know, I'm getting a little concerned. Let's just say that. And then another hour goes by. Um, and that's when I first start to see the big breakers. Um, and you know, to picture a big gray ocean overcast sky, it's, it's windy, it's blowing, you know, there's streaky sort of, um, not foam, but there's streaks, white streaks in the, on the surface of the water. And I'm seeing these big lumbering swell come in. And at certain point I start to see that the swell are coming in from the North 
and they're coming in from the east. So I've got these mixed match, these two sets of waves coming in, and I'm going to the southeast, so I'm just cut right, divide them right down the middle, and take them equally on, on either quarter, so to speak. And see the first couple of these big breakers, right? And essentially, the only way I can make it uh, make sense of it to as as far as describing it it looks as though on top of a 20 or 25 foot swell and it's only estimates maybe you know maybe my brain was so rattled these are these are like 15 foot swell but i'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty darn sure they were bigger uh, the swell size wasn't what i was worried about it was the fact that the breaking section of these waves were as big as school buses tumbling for 10 seconds or more just and i'm just looking at these like holy cow like if one of those hit me that easily would be able to pick me up flip me over do whatever it wanted to i mean these these breaking sections of these waves are actually bigger than sparrow much bigger and they're, I'm looking at them and I see them and I'm just like, holy cow. And I see the first couple and at my adrenaline just spikes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that's just a random, like one off. And I've only seen, that's it. Sweet. We're good. You know, never see it again. Tell the story to my grandchildren, blah, blah, blah. Not so, unfortunately. As the hours, uh, as the minutes actually from the first sighting went by, it started to become very obvious to me that I was seeing um, the direct result of wind against current and a mismatched sea state. And um, basically, I am now entered the corridor from hell. What I thought was going to be like the slot that would get me out of here uh, turned into the corridor from hell. And I'm looking at these waves and I'm seeing some that are literally breaking over the top of the other one breaking from the other direction um, and all just coming together in this massive, massive wall of white tumbling water. And it's so loud and it's windy and I'm standing in the, co uh, the companion way. So I've got my slats in my hatchboards or my washboards are in just got this, this, uh, the sliding top open. And I'm standing there and I'm just watching this and I'm looking at, I just, I pretty much was like, wow, this is, this is it. This is how it ends. Uh, there's, there's nothing I can do about this. And I said it out loud. I was like, the dice have been thrown. <laughs> uh, let's see what happens. I guess um, it, it just, I, if I were to be directly hit by one of those breaking waves, there's nothing we could have done. I don't care what I would have had dragging behind this boat. I don't care what position this boat was in, hove to, uh, running into it or, you know, heading into it. These waves are monsters and they are going to uh, grab this boat. And basically tumble it like it was a bath toy out on the beach. Uh, it just, it was remarkable. And who knows? Maybe again, my sleep-deprived brain was, you know, exaggerating all this. I don't know. But I had basically accepted my fate. And one of the first things I said 
after seeing enough of these waves and a couple of closer call waves where they were getting, you know, it was like, holy cow, that just broke like right next to the boat. Um, super scary. And uh, I said, you know what? If I'm going to die, if I'm going to go down today, I'm going down with a beer in my hand. So I went and just grabbed one of the filthy, you know, egg yolk covered bush lights and uh, stood at my position there. And I slowly sipped on this beer and I watched in absolute awe, uh, in terror, in in acceptance. Um, that's the only thing I can I can really say is that I, I, you know, part of me was like, oh, I should be on the helm and I'll be able to. And then I thought to myself, no, there's just, you can't move fast enough to avoid these things. There's no way uh, you're, you're done. I mean, when these swell would come, start to come up, we were actually getting sort of shaded from the wind. So Sparrow would lose its ability to be able to just sort of surf away on these big things. And uh, I just, I thought, I was like, dude, there's, there's just no way. I'm just going to, I'm leaving it up to the gods. Let's, let's see what happens. Like I said, the dice have been rolled and uh, we, we're waiting on the outcome. And for about two and a half to three hours, this went on. And I stood there and I watched. And the only time I came down below was to hide from, you know, splashing when waves would break right up next, next to us and things like that, like smaller waves. Uh, and lucky enough, in all those hours and seeing, I don't know, hundreds of these, well, not hundreds, probably, I'll bet you there were at least 100 giant breakers that would have been uh, game enders for Sparrow and I. Uh, <laughs> watching about 100 of those, uh, eventually it, it finally started to peter out and I no longer saw these things coming in in these big sets and you know every once in a while during those three hours it would sort of there'd be like a lull almost and then another squall would come in and and i'd think oh, okay because i you know with with these sort of conditions i've seen it before on a smaller scale where the current disrupts the water but there's like a definitive line like i do i remember sailing up the coast of brazil and and uh just you you'd all of a sudden the the whole the whole sea is like erupted into these like little tiny like crazy splashing waves and then all of a sudden boom it's gone again and it's just some little rip current thing in any event i'm i'm sort of thinking every time it sort of lulls out and i don't see any more of these big breakers anywhere off in the distance i'm like holy cow did we make it but i i won't even say it out loud uh because i don't want to jinx myself and then I'd start to see the big boys come in again. <laughs> and I'd be like, nope, that's it. We are. Well, now I did it. Just thinking it. I was like, don't even think that you might be out of this. No way. Don't even think it. And uh, But then eventually, yeah, about three hours. So it probably would have been sometime around like noonish or, or uh, somewhere around there. Uh, it finally stopped doing that and just became a normal sort of ugly ocean as far as you know pretty big waves big swell but none of these giant breaking things and uh these beasts uh, i used to call them lumberjacks because they basically like to turn you over and chop your mast off so uh 
yeah, we, we get to that point and finally I'm sort of like, okay. And I, I had, I had dashed off a very quick text uh, message to my mom for her daily update. And I just said, Hey, you know, wild, wild night. Um, you know, I'll give you a report later. It's raining a lot here. <laughs> just as like an excuse. Cause I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what to really say. I didn't want to worry her. And, uh, but at the same time I wanted them, I guess, to have like a current position for me. If, if all hell broke loose and we just got rolled and I end up in the life raft or whatever, you know, that was the other thing. Uh, I forgot to mention after seeing these lumberjacks, uh, riding these waves, I essentially, for the first time ever, I pulled the emergency grab bag down uh, from its little perch uh, that has the EPIRB and everything on it. And I grabbed uh, a gallon jug of water uh, and basically set those down at the bottom of the companionway stairs, uh, basically so that if it happened, I'd hopefully be able to grab that, deploy the life raft, and uh, and do it all very, very quickly. So that was a first. Two firsts, wearing a tether and a harness and then having my evacuation kit ready to go at the bottom of the stairs. Um, wow. It's amazing to even say that, but, uh, after all the miles, all the, all the ocean, all the Southern ocean stuff. Um, so yeah, it sort of starts to calm down and I know I'm sort of, okay, I'm good. So I then dash off a text and, and, you know, say, Hey, you know, I, I had a severe knockdown, um, you know, well over 90 degrees, uh, did some damage, lost the solar panels, lost the gallows, Lost the Dodger. Um, probably gonna have to head to some port for repairs, but I'm okay and Sparrow's still sailing. Done. And uh, and then I just sort of put that down. Um, I had to reply because I didn't want I didn't want her to worry more, but because uh, it wasn't you know this is not a time where I want to sit there and be looking at my uh, device trying to you know chat with somebody. I want to be still paying attention to what the heck's going on outside and. You know, it, it finally starts to calm down. The winds follow the forecast perfectly. Um, they start to calm down and uh, as far as calming down and instead of how, how strong they actually were. And uh, then finally I can go and, and make some phone calls and I call some people on the sat phone, let them know what happened, let them know I'm okay. Uh, talk to my mom. That was always really hard. You know, I've had to do that once before uh, when I when I did the... Uh, on the last voyage, when the bowsprit started to uh, have have issues and all that sort of stuff, it uh, it's hard. I remember calling and and like getting that big lump in my throat and stuff. And the same thing happened on this time. Not so bad because I tried to tried to sort of uh, I don't know summon the excitement of the moment and everything like that. Um, the adrenaline was still pretty pretty well pumping through me, but. It would very quickly, rapidly run out. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, dash those off. Now it's it's essentially, you know, let's try and clean this boat up some more. Um, you know, I had made some makeshift stuff so that Mongo and everything could function well up on top. Uh, but I'm still just triple reef main. I'm just running with the wind. And uh, I'm pretty tired at this point. And I get sort of everything situated down below and uh yeah i had to uh eventually 
I sit down and I think I have a sundowner. Quick one and then straight into uh into the bunk to sleep. I mean, I I was pretty exhausted uh just from I think the stress and the adrenaline uh leaving my body sort of thing. Um but I no longer have a leeboard and we're still rolling just a little bit, not much because the seas have have not subsided, but we're going with them. I don't know. It, it just wasn't too bad and so I'm in the bunk and I, I try and like situate myself a little bit so that, you know, I'm not going to roll out or anything like that. And unbeknownst to me, some, some point in the middle of the night, I, uh, I had rolled over onto my back and Sparrow rolled and threw me right onto the cabin sole, <laughs> like with a thunk, like I'm dead asleep and I don't wake up until I hit the cabin sole. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, what the, what the heck? Oh, but oddly enough, you know, I was asleep, so I didn't tense up and I, my elbow hurts a little bit, but you know, for, for being dropped two and a half feet straight onto hardwood, um, I don't know. As an old guy, I took it pretty well, <laughs> but I was so confused on what was going on, where I was, what I was doing. It took a good while to figure out, you know, what the heck my situation was at that point. And, uh, and then before I could actually just head back to the bunk to go and sleep more. And then I slept for the rest of that night. Um, you know, no AIS, nothing just thanking, you know, Again, rolling the dice, hoping that nobody uh, runs me over or anything like that. But by dawn, I actually got up and I did see a ship. Um, there was a ship. It wasn't too close to me, but uh, I was able to do a radio check, VHF check with them. And thankfully, they they uh, returned my little call. And uh, that was that was it. And so now, the rest of this day, we, we've got... Oh, it's been beautiful. Freaking beautiful. And I, I tell you, that's that's the one thing... That's the one thing that kind of irks me, I guess, but um, is that if that one wave wouldn't have hit this boat, that one out of the million or whatever that I saw, um, not just the big ones, but all the waves over however long, uh, I'd be sitting here on this podcast telling you the story about this, this, how gnarly it was and holy cow, these waves were big and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I would still be continuing this voyage, uh, out into the Atlantic. And now I'm, I'm actually, I got to head to land. I got to go to Bermuda. Uh, if the weather allows, if not, I'll head down to the Caribbean first. Uh, but I essentially need, I need a GPS aerial that I can hook into my AIS so that uh, I can get that broadcasting again, and then uh, hopefully pick up at least one solar panel. I don't know where I would mount it. Um, probably some little side mount jobby or something. Uh, but you know, I need I need solar to be able to power some of this stuff and keep the batteries going because I'm hoping to continue this voyage uh, off into the Atlantic and then down into the South Atlantic. So uh, you know, part of me. Thinks, though, it may be smarter to get down to, like, the BVI and haul the boat out um, and do a real thorough inspection. But I'm going to look around 
uh, really try and peel through, check where the bulkheads are connected, all that sort of stuff, um, just to see see if there's any noticeable damage. Um, and if if not, then maybe, you know, maybe it was just a big hit and Sparrow can just take it and shuck it right off. I'm also probably going to consult with an expert. Uh, I'm probably going to try and talk to Randall Reeves and see what uh, what his his thoughts are on it. But, yeah, other than that, uh, go to Bermuda, get those two things, get the heck out of there and continue on or, you know, end up down in the BVI and haul the boat out and uh, be there for a month. Who, who knows? We'll, we'll sort of see. But it's beautiful out here today. I had a nice sail. Uh, the winds are going to die off a little bit. That will allow me to uh, disconnect some of these these random wires that are connected to my batteries from from all these solar panels that are no longer there. And because uh, you, you just don't want wires connected to your battery that just are terminating into nothing. You you never know when that weird coincidence of the two ends coming together will happen. Uh, uh, but yeah, some other stuff to fix and clean and all that. There's a million things to do and, and I'm just going to putter my way through them. But, um, yeah, thankfully the engine's going. Thankfully Sparrow held up to the abuse and, um, hopefully, no, I'm not going to say it because <laughs> I know that'll jinx me because I definitely said it the other night. Um, but yeah, uh, Oh, now I'm now I'm stuck on it because I I don't want people to wonder what I was about to say. But I think yeah, I I think everybody could understand uh, what I was probably just about to say. It's you know when you're you don't want to say the thing where you're like I hope da 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 da. Um, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll go more updates coming and everything. Hopefully you enjoyed that story. Um, <laughs> what an insane insane time and you know. Like right now, oh, it's only 11.30. I'm going to take a nap here pretty soon. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's beautiful out. I'm so thankful to be alive. <laughs> and I'm I'm just so happy. I'm, I'm over the moon, no matter what the destruction, how much it's going to cost to deal with all this sort of stuff. I am a happy man. And I've got this great new story and I can't wait to look at the footage. That's all I'm going to say. Thanks for listening. Uh, and, uh, till the next one.